Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is a special episode that was based off a couple of questions that came in from the female followers group, which is my group coaching program that is on at the minute. So April's group is running at the minute and all I can say is where what's going on in that group at the minute, the, the, the changes that are happening. So this was a question that kind of came in in relation to willpower. Willpower is one of those buzzwords that you hear, motivation, willpower, all those different things. And one of the things I wanted to do was talk about an episode as if you're struggling to stick to your diet, it's not about having more willpower. So I really do hope you enjoy this episode and I hope that you find it useful. So the big thing that we need to look at is if you're struggling to stick to a diet in inverted commas, you don't actually need more willpower. So you need to look at it from a point of view of that you need to stop blaming yourself. So when people are out on diets they take it really really personally they take it that it's their fault they shame themselves they guilt themselves into change so shame means i am a bad person for not being able to stick to it guilt means i am weak or i am i am not a great person for for not being able to stick to it but it's not about having more willpower or less willpower anything like that it's about trusting yourself. It's understanding what you need. It's about gaining confidence in your nutrition. It's about gaining confidence in your mindset. It's about gaining confidence and improving your relationship with food. Too many people will go for these quick fixes, fad diets. Fad diet means food avoidance diet. That's essentially what it means. And I was having conversations with a couple of new clients on the one-to-one side yesterday and on Friday. And every single thing that they had tried over the past involved avoiding some sort of food because that's what they thought that they needed to do. It's because the environment that they were grew up in, family with their grannies or their mothers, and uh, probably both, their relationship with food wasn't great. So that was pushed onto them as kids. And that's what they have been struggling with in the past. That's what they're struggling with now. So it's, it's, it's really, really important that if you're someone who is struggling with the relationship with food, that it impacts on other people. And that's not me a way of shaming you. It's just making me you aware of you've learned your rules from somewhere. You've learned your rules from somewhere. So you, you're basically passing on those rules to the next generation. Now, the next generation are probably, they're getting bogged down in certain information on social media. And that's where you've got yours from slimming clubs, whatever it may be. But the big thing we need to realize is that it's not about willpower. You don't need that. It's not about having more self-control. Because if we look at it from a point of view of exerting more willpower actually means that you're going against what actually feels natural to you. And there's an amazing book and I've had one of the authors on of this book, which is a book called Intuitive Eating. And in that book, uh, it's spoken about that what what willpower is and what defines willpower and it's an attempt to counter natural desires and replace them up with prospective rules and we're all very very good at creating rules around food all very very good but have we actually ever stopped to challenge those rules so one of the things that i've worked on with one or two of the clients in the last kind of couple of weeks is looking through the food rules that they've created So if you look at your top five rules that you've created over the last little while, it could be not eating after a certain time, no sugar after this, 
no car can't have carbs after a certain time or can't have this amount of carbs it can't be that you can't have artificial sweeteners and something some other rule rank them in the top five rank them in order and then in order from the easiest no number one is the easiest to address and number two or number five is the hardest to address so we're going to look at from a point of view of going after the the one that's easiest to address okay so for example it could be that it's not eating after a certain time okay so you can't eat after 7 p.m now it's not like at 6 59 p.m in the evening that food equals this amount of calories and 701 the calories double it's not the way it works is it better for digestion not to be eating really really close to bed yes but it's not that calories are double so you need to ask yourself a couple of questions in relation to the in relation to uh, the food rules that are that are out there you need to ask yourself these questions and is there any scientific evidence to support your food rule that's the first question so if there's any scientific evidence that you can't eat after 7 p.m my guess would be no second one is does this food rule sound realistic and or sustainable if you're someone who enjoys a cup of tea with a snack bar or whatever it may be in the evening i would say it's probably unlikely and the last one is can you logically find fault in this food rule if you answer all them negatively well that means you've just disproven your own food rule now it's not that you just accept that it's not that you just move on to it it's not that you just kind of like that's it you need to look at it from a point of view of you probably need to break it down and try to work on that food rule for the next little while until it becomes natural so i know one of the clients that i'm working with at the minute one of the things that we're doing is that one of the things that she's working on at the minute is that she wants to have proper cheese rather than low fat cheese and wants to have crackers in order to be able to trust herself around the food in order to be able to learn that it's okay to have those foods and that's the type of work that i do with my one-to-one clients it's quite hands-on but it's the it's the bit that gives the people the food freedom because there's no point in dieting yourself into mass destruction blaming yourself on willpower if you're never going to get to the the, the real, real root of where things are coming from often it's not the food that's the issue it's how we see ourselves by eating those foods we put these foods up in high pedestals of if I can't have the, if I if I have this food I'm a bad person. But the problem is you're putting that food on such a high pedestal, and you're saying to yourself I can't have this person. That every time you do have it you're weak. You bring shame on yourself. You build guilt on yourself on yourself because that's what's been taught to you. But what happens if you actually allow yourself to have it? They will remove shame, remove guilt almost immediately. Now, don't tell me I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be easy. I'm not going to say it's not going to be difficult. It's about retrusting yourself. But if you look at every diet that you've ever tried, it's involved restriction. Your definition of diet is restriction. Your definition of diet is mass destruction. So if you look at it from a point of view, there's a diet called the Whole30 diet, which is you don't eat grains, you don't eat beans, you don't eat alcohol, or you don't eat sugar for 30 days. You follow these rules for a finite period of time, even though you may want them. You may want those foods. 
and your willpower is, le- is likely to success is likely to be successful for about 30 days but what happens on day 31 maybe you've tried weight watchers and you've used willpower to stick to your prescribed points allotment or whatever it may be but then after a few months of of sticking to it and when a day of life ramps up or parenting kicks in your willpower crumbles because it's not natural to just stick to those points because you've been hungry for so long that you're not naturally going on a regular meal pattern that you may want. You're skipping breakfast because you think you need to rather than sticking to your routine. Even if you tried keto, which is a diet that was created for epileptic kids, it's not for mainstream consumption on the most part. If it works for you, great. But if you've tried it and it hasn't worked, there's the feedback for you. It's not because you're weak. It may be that it's just a wrong tactic. You've used willpower in that maybe to ignore everything delicious, all the foods that you enjoy, and you're going really, really high fat. Maybe you have a sweet tooth, so why are we cutting out the carbohydrates? It's going to make that sweet tooth larger. Maybe you're someone that believes that they need to be chicken and broccoli or salad Susan. You don't need to. There's life. Food is in our life from day one. So it's an important bit for us. It's an important social acceptance tool. It's an important tool for us to be have awareness. It's in our lives from day one. It's never. It's not going anywhere. But we can change how we look at things. We can change how we adapt to things. It's not natural to follow those rules that you have for an extended period of time. You're rebelling against these rules. And this is a form of self-preservation. So if you think of it this way, when you when you have a toddler or you are a toddler, you rebel or they rebel because they're being told what to do sucks. And this can be frustrating as a parent, this can be frustrating as a toddler, that can be frustrating for everyone involved. But you have to understand that it sucks for them, even though it's your job to keep that two-year-old safe. No external rules or guidelines can know when you're hungry. Or what food sounds good to you. So when you're saying to yourself, oh, I can't have this, but you're hungry, you're starving, your stomach's starting to rumble, you've got a headache, you're feeling nauseous, you're feeling weak. Now that's really, really like, that's the extreme side of hunger. And the extreme side of fullness is probably like Christmas dinner comes to mind in my head. Your body wants carbs in in it. It's looking for that. When I talk to clients on a daily basis about carbohydrates, it just seems to be one of those foods. So either fats, carbohydrates, fruit, sugar, aspartamine. There's, it's like, what other foods are left? What foods are left? It's not that you're a failure for not being able to follow these rules for years. You're normal. You need to challenge those thoughts. You need to challenge those rules that you have around food. You need to look at it from a point of view of looking at those food rules that I've used there a second ago. 
But unfortunately, a lot of people are addicted to that restrictive mindset because it's 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 kind of blocking them from actually going after what they want, living the lives that they want to. Thinking that's the only way to get to somewhere. People don't trust themselves around food. But somewhere along the line, you lost that. You've heard from someone that, I don't know, a food rule. You've heard somewhere saying that carbs make you fat or fats will make you fat or whatever it may be. You've heard that and you've latched onto it. So every time that you hear that, you're like, well, that's going to happen to me. Well, that's not what happens. Look at the food rules that we've looked at a second ago and how we address them. Is there any scientific evidence to support that food rule? Does this food rule sound realistic or sustainable? That's the big one. And can you logically find fault in this? If it's not sustainable, it's not It's not down to lack of willpower. It's not to lack of desire. It's not down to lack of anything. It's down to lack of picking a system that's going to work for you. Like if you're someone who's really, really active and is a marathon runner or whatever it may be, and you're feeling tired all the time, sleep maybe needed to work on and you're not eating enough and you're struggling why you can't run properly and you're struggling to recover and you're sore all the time then that doesn't work a lot of people unfortunately are looking after their phones a lot better than they're looking after themselves their phone gets charged every night the phone doesn't live by a set of rules But I think it's really really important to look at it from a point of view of the relationship that you have with food right now is impacting other people as well. And that's not my way of breaking in shame or guilt or whatever it is. It's making you aware. And awareness is the key to anything that I talk about with my clients. It's like, why do you do things? Why do you overeat in the evenings? Why do we stress eat? We all do. We're all human. I haven't met one person on this earth that hasn't overeaten at some stage in their lives. I haven't met one person that hasn't stress eaten over in one stage of their lives. But it's understanding why, what does that do for you? It brings comfort. It brings control. But you're not in control. The food's still in control. I just want to control myself around it, but you're not in control at the minute. But it's that restrictive mindset, that belief that you need to restrict is, is directing you at things at the minute. It's the conductor of the orchestra at the minute. It's conducting your life. It's not allowing you to live that life that you want to. But if you write out those food rules and rank them in order and address one at a time and you help, use someone to help you, guide, get guidance, get help, get a coach, get a nutritionist to help you. Your PT down the gym may not have the skills to do that. A dietitian or a nutritionist probably will. It's not a meal plan that you need. It's not a, a cookie cutter plan that your PT has probably just got onto Google and charged you a couple of hundred quid for it, which I've seen happen. I've also had clients come to me recently who I've had coaches saying they need to do two hour, two hour workouts in a, in a day or they've had coaches who will say that, well, you're not losing weight, you don't want it enough, Here's a, here, go down to 1,200 calories. And that's not coaching. That's more food rules. Yes, will you lose weight? Yes, 100%. But it's not solving the problem. It's not, it's... It's not looking at why are we struggling to adhere to on the higher calories. So why would we go to lower calories if we're struggling to adhere on those? 
one of the big things with clients that we need to look at from from a point of view of you need to look at your association with food we associate foods with certain things we've we associate them with certain values i'm going to do another episode maybe next week or monday's episode on values around food say if you're someone who values going out an awful lot for meals and enjoys meals out with friends but yeah feels food guilt for that but why are we feeling guilty for something that we enjoy we enjoy food we enjoy going out to meet people but yet this little voice in our head this little inner voice in our head is directing things rather than us directing things you've done nothing wrong you're living life by you what you want to do you may not need all four courses or whatever it may be but that's nothing wrong if you want four courses and that's what you enjoy and it's linking in with your social circle and and you feel good afterwards amazing but maybe using the two out of four rule which is starter main drink dessert pick two out of those four and that could serve you a lot better one you probably you may not need all four by all means have them but you also still get that social thing because all you're looking for is acceptance you're looking for acceptance from other people you're looking for validation from other people that's what a lot of people want and food is a massive part of that because they don't want to be as pariah they don't want to be the outcast they don't want to be the person that's standing out from the crowd because we all want to be accepted by other people but what about asking yourself what do you truly want what do you want your life to look like by the end of 2023 do you want to use the same food rules that's that are not serving you at the minute that are more protecting you than serving you or do you want to go after what is going to work for you and now what's going to serve you now it's important to ask that question are we going to continue 2023 with the same rules that you are using for right now or are we going to challenge and 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 and, and challenge those rules and thoughts that you may have at the minute those rules and thoughts that you have around food are protecting you from going after what you truly want which is food freedom i see it all the time on a daily basis when that penny lands for clients i don't really give a crap about when i see a transformation photo from one of my clients not that i don't give a crap because clients come to me for a reason but when i truly get job satisfaction is when a client texts me saying i've lost food guilt or that my kids are may, are aware that I've got light back in my eyes and I can see that I'm happy. I'm not thinking about food all the time, that the relationship with food is better. That's when I see, that's when I get job fulfillment. And that's what I enjoy doing on a daily basis. That's what I want people to look at. Too many people are trying to build a house. You wouldn't build a house on the foundations of matchsticks, but yet you'll build a inverted commas diet on inverted commas of match on foundations of matchsticks but it's not serving you you're repeating that cycle over and over again because you're so emotionally attached to the idea that weight loss will fix your problems weight loss won't fix shit i've had you I, I sometimes when i've been with clients for a while and depends on the relationship with the clients and the welcome call and the, the where that person's at and i'll try to read the situation as best i can and sometimes I ask the question of, well, have you been, when was the last time you were that weight that you're looking for? And they're like in their 20s. Well, what's changed for you? Got kids, stress, all the stresses in life. But were you happy at that weight? And they often say no. So I was like, what's, why are we going to be happy? 
but I was more comfortable. But what were you more comfortable in? The food rules were still there. So where were you, were you still comfortable in with around food? And they're like, no, I was I was struggling. I was so there's the feedback. It was made that you may be more comfortable in your clothes, but you may not have been more comfortable around food. So it's getting to the nitty gritty of learning why those food rules are there, where they've come from. Not going for this other quick fix that people keep looking for. And then after three, four weeks, they give up. It's not that it's down to willpower. It's not down to lack of a why. It's down to maybe not enough awareness, but also maybe lack of, maybe it's the fear of letting go of those food rules because you're afraid of losing control, but you're not in control at the minute. The food is winning the battle at the minute. It's taking up so much energy and brain space at the minute. And some people are so caught up in the belief that if I lose weight, I'll be happy. That if I lose weight, this is going to be different. But it's not going to be different. It's how you see yourself. Like I'm all for body positivity and body acceptance. That you can still make changes in body positivity and body acceptance. But changing your body out of hate isn't going to work. It never works. I've always seen it with clients. Like it's very, very multifaceted the work that I do with clients on a daily basis. It's not just here's your meal plan. There you go, off your trot. That's not what it is. It's looking at why people do things. But you need to look at, well, what's that, what are those food rules that you have at the minute? What is, what is that belief system they have around food protecting you from? Oh, but this person, I'm at dinner with my parents, they made me eat this. Like, nobody made you eat anything. You're looking for acceptance from that person. You're looking to fit in. But find other ways. Oh, I, I, I use wine or I use food to relax in, uh, in the evenings or I've had a, a tough week, so I use food. Why not have a different reward system? Why not create a different reward system that isn't around food? If the only reward system that you have is food, then this, there might be something up with the values that you may possess at the minute. Need to have different, better values or better reward systems for yourself. Alcohol, food, all these different things, they're great. But are they really serving you by rewarding yourself with those all the time? And maybe they are. But it's maybe the abundance of that that you're having. Is that happening every week? Is it happening every couple of days? Is it happening every evening? If it's happening every evening and that's the only reward system that you have, well, that might be not be aiding you right now. It might be serving you in that moment and it might be more of a numbing agent rather than a reward tool at this stage. Like food is always going to be there. But you need to ask yourself and pause and actually check in yourself. Right, what do I need right now? What's the... what? What extra benefit do I have in having this second or third bar than the first one didn't? What added benefit is that going to bring to my life? Because there is a kind of rewards kind of system in that it does kind of capitulate after like the second or the third one, I think it is. So that positive reinforcement does drop after maybe the second or the third one but most people aren't even aware they're eating with tvs on they're eating with the screens in their hand they're not they're not understanding our awareness or checking in themselves they're just eating mindlessly i'm not trying to shame anyone for doing that 
But what I am saying is we're not even aware of what we're doing. We're not even aware of our own cues. We're not even aware by our own natural needs. Yet we're trying to diet ourselves into mass destruction by not addressing the rules and thoughts. So before you go on another inverted commas diet, change the definition of diet to something that adds to my life from mass destruction. Before you go on another diet, look at your food rules and write them out. Rank them easiest to difficult to, to address. Is there any scientific evidence behind them? Does it sound does this rule real sound realistic, or can can you logically find fault in this rule? But it's one hundred percent not down to willpower. It's not down to motivation. It's not down to being weak. It could be down to values. It could be down to priorities. And that's okay. It could be down to lack of awareness. But it's one hundred percent not down to getting needed more willpower. Yes, there will be there'll be times when you're potentially trying to lose weight, and be times where you need to weigh it up. Will I have this or will I have that? But that's okay. But it's when you're saying to yourself, "I can't have this. Should I have this?" The fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth time you ask yourself that question, what's going to happen? Implosion. What's the difference between the third bar and the first bar, or the third bar and the second bar? Not a whole lot. Like most people actually haven't actually tasted chocolate. Now this might sound weird, but people are like. This I've done it with clients. It's like, well, what does chocolate actually taste like? The one true experiment you can do is break off one square of chocolate or off a of dairy milk or whatever it may be and put that square onto your tongue and let it melt. Don't chew, let it melt. Check it in yourself after that one. Like, do I need another one? Okay, so maybe you do. Put another one on your, your onto your tongue. My guess is you probably don't want more than two or don't need more than two very big question is do you need this what do you need most people aren't aware of what they need because they haven't been taught they're so busy on their phones on their laptops looking after everyone else by themselves it's a belief system that you have maybe protecting you saying i'm not good enough so i'm not going to address this i'll just continue to use food as a numbing agent and that's hard to hear so if you're struggling to stick to things right now, you need to look at what are you struggling to stick to. Is it the idea that you have of what dieting is? Is the idea that it's restriction? Is it the idea that you're weak? Is it the idea that you're the food rules? What is it? What is it? Because I don't believe it's I don't believe it's the weakness. I don't believe it's the willpower. I don't believe it's the motivation. I don't believe it's any of that. I believe it's the system and the lack of maybe awareness that may be protecting you or not aiding you right now. But if we can learn learn to flip things around for ourselves and be aware and turn those kind of like positive reinforcements into more positive reinforcements, understanding that we need to have better reward systems in place. And then we can focus on behaviors that can actually positively influence our nutrition and our health. And that's exactly what I work with on my clients. So I hope this episode has helped you. If it has helped you, please do share it up on your stories. Please do use it. Please do share it with people. And I hope that you've enjoyed this episode on why, if you are struggling with your diet.